Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hey folks, welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your co-host, Joe Lu, and today I'm here with Pastor Lydia, who's the pastor of Transformation, co-founder of 180 Church and wife to Dr. Sammy. And this week's message, we're talking about how in the disruptions of our lives with this major disruption um, that is kind of overtaking us globally with the COVID-19 pandemic, what God might be doing and what God might be saying in between these transitory periods from the hills and the valleys. And oftentimes there's not a lot of space given or like not a lot of thought given to what God might be doing during these times. But um, the critical takeaway and the thing for me that I took away from this conversation and the sermon is God is doing a deep work, forming us, um, reorienting us to his values um, in the midst of the affliction, uh, despite the circumstances, so that we can keep our eyes on mission and what the Father is doing. So I hope you join in on us for this conversation of what God might be doing in the midst of our disruptions and what we can do to listen in on um, the Father's heart. So Without further ado, here's Dr. Sammy. Without further ado, here's 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 Without Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Hey guys, welcome back. So as we begin to explore uh, Acts chapter 8, as we've been um, studying the book of Acts together this summer, it's been amazing to see the various key themes and motifs that have been reoccurring throughout our study together, excavated and rooted uh, in Luke's letter to Theophilus. And uh, it's not until recently the pennies dropped, the honeymoon phase has ended, the utopian feeling has subsided. And a new wave has crashed into the shores and brought different themes, dystopian themes. I think that's very critical um, to pay attention to. When we read the Bible together, we have to pay attention to those transitions. Because this is what COVID really is all about. This public health emergency is navigating through the constant of change, but the transitions, the disruptions. And in disruptions, you have to pay attention because God in the external environment always has a plan to navigate us through it. But our values necessarily don't change. And we're going to focus on that today. But here in chapter 8, until 7, Peeps went over the death and the martyrdom of Stephen. And until recently, we haven't seen these themes of death, grief, suffering. And I think we have to pay attention because isn't that 
really critical that the Bible and Luke was in writing to people living in utopia. There were real doubts. There were real concerns. And even in the midst of revival and church flourishing in its history, we see the hills meet the valley, heaven touching earth, tears falling from heaven. We see tragedy. God could have saved Stephen, but he didn't. But here it is. Here is the critical juncture that in life, beauty and affliction are very much, very much part of the real experience that we live. And we can't escape it. And we talked about this geologically speaking. A valley is the low point, the depression between a hill and a valley. And in that depression is where a river runs through it. Did you ever imagine that in the realistic suffering of our lives and disruption, that God is, God desires to send a mighty wave, a mighty river running through to bring life and nourishment to our environment? to our neighbors, to our friends, to ourselves, to those who are lost. Those two points are perfect and perfect confluence to bring that nourishment, to bring that renewal. So as we go through COVID, as we go through these uncertain times and unprecedented times together, I want you to pay attention to what God might be doing and saying. Because a lot of times in disruption, all we do is sigh and complain. <sighs> Why does it have to be this way? And that's the question, it's the wrong question many of us ask during public health emergencies or disrupt, dis disruptive times. Why God? My life was, was finding just a sense of new normalcy. I was in a new city, I was just finding friends. I was just in a new relationship. I was just really thriving and finding my rhythm in my new job or new school. Why this disruption? Isn't your plan to bless me? That's the wrong question. Yeah, God's plan is to bless us, to be a blessing. There's a duality to the calling of God in our lives. So today, that's the question I want to answer as we go through Acts chapter 8, is why does God allow disruption when we're just finding a new normal? And that's the question I want to answer. So let's go to the text, and we'll come back in a moment. Bye. Oreo, say hi. Today's scripture is from the book of Acts 8, 1-8. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached a word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. 
When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And that is the word of the Lord. So the question we asked in the beginning was, why does God allow disruption as we're just finding a new normal? Well, the lesson we learned from Acts chapter 8 in the great persecution of the church is because affliction always forces us to re-examine our values. That's right. Affliction makes us rethink about why we're doing what we're doing because no one wants to suffer in vain, right? So in verse 1 it says in chapter 8, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. We have to remember that Jesus says that the eschatological vision of the kingdom is not to stay in Jerusalem, but what? To go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here, what we begin to see is God's sovereignty, God's plan all along. But what moves the disciples that have been saved? Few thousand to be scattered is persecution. They did not pick up their bags and go to their respective countries, leave Jerusalem, because they wanted to. They were in many ways forced to, but that was part of the sovereign plan of God. But here it is. Affliction makes us examine why we're doing what we're doing. If it's worth it. Because no one wants to suffer in vain. Mike Tyson, the great cultural theologian, even wrote a book. Guy's so gifted. Said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. You can do all, all this studying and all this uh, training over the years, but... It's in the arena, it's in the ring. When you're getting punched in the face, you begin to examine if you really want to keep fighting. Because pain makes you wonder if what you're doing is worth it. And here it is, for many of us, COVID is the affliction that many of us, it was a perfect storm, no one expected this. Right? You had plans for God. You had plans in our community um, to flourish in your life, in your job, in your new sense of normal. Just when you were finding that rhythm, he's disrupted. And sometimes that's what God does. God allows affliction, persecution, disruption to refocus why we're doing what we're doing. And what the calling was all along, because I say this all the time, community exists because evil exists. And evil exists, right, because there is a war, a cosmological war. And so today, I'm asking us, how have you exhibited these values as this disruption has taken place, as COVID has taken place in your life? CT article just released that almost 35% of online services has dropped, mostly all millennials. 
have stopped launching online services. And quantitative studies are now just beginning to, to understand why. How has that happened? Why? The mission hasn't changed. The spirit is still moving. God is still on the mission. In the first century, people were being torched and thrown into prison for their faith. They were navigating that disruption. Today, we can't meet together physically. Yes, that's a big, big disruption. But what has that done to your faith? Now, if you're withdrawing from community and you're bottled up and no longer attending services or withdrawing from small groups or have temptations to do so, what is that showing about your faith? And that's so critical. It shows cracks within your spirituality that why you're following God might be for whole complete different reasons than the one that are biblical, that have or should form you. Their spirituality is shallow. Because who wants to suffer? Right? Because the, the mountaintop, anyone can worship God during the mountaintop. Anyone can worship God when they have friends. The real test comes when you're suffering. See, because suffering clarifies values. I remember four or five years ago, I really felt one week where 180, the community wouldn't make it. We had very overwhelming large bills due moving money around. Both my parents have passed away. And emotionally, emotively, I couldn't manage my own life as manage other people. And I really, in that moment of darkness, felt this could be, this, this big bill could be the nail in the coffin for 180. And I thought about it. Did I allow all the suffering for all the people that followed me for nothing? Was it in vain? And I, as in my moment of reflection in that darkness, in that pain, losing, of losing the greatest emotional support I had in my life, my parents who were prayer warriors, financial supporters, This mission does not end in death or in suffering. This mission to expand the kingdom of God, the renewal of all things, a river running through it, happens whether there are skeletons, whether there is death, whether there is suffering, because in the cycle of all things, God is renewing the beauty in all things in the midst of joy and suffering, the two points, the hill, the hills and the valleys. And I remember all the people that came to Christ. I remember all the relationships that was born out of this community. They're having kids now. Baby boom, marriage is happening this, actually this week. And next week, I mean, no, next month. A, a flourishing community. But see, those two points are necessary. That's how you can re-examine your values. 
are you doing this because it makes you happy? Or are you doing this because it has eternal value? Because that's the question before the church as dystopian themes sets in from the honeymoon phase of chapter one to six. The church in a testing phase. And, and for those of you that have been struggling, lethargic in your faith, disconnected and isolating yourselves, and you're watching this, remember, in spite of the suffering and the disruption in your life, your calling is to Jesus, to be formed into his image and to represent him. If you're sighing and pouting and only looking at what this is doing to your, the quality of your life, and you've lost sight of the eternal values of the call of God in your life. And I want to rebuke you today. I want you to remind you today that your, that your Lord and Master was nailed to a tree for you and the world. And Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And if you want to live a godly life, you will experience trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, but in me, you will overcome it. James 1 tells us that trials are meant to form us. In seasons of transition, God is trying to form Christ in us. It's an opportunity to see the cracks, to see the entitlement, to see all parts of us that are ugly, that God is breaking and forming. So today, I want to call you to repentance. Believers, if you lost sight of your values to Jesus and to the Great Commission, you must repent on your knees with tears for you lost the Lord because of a little bit of suffering. Christ's formation is forged in the cross as much as it is in the resurrection. And if we can't experience suffering for him, that means we won't suffer for anyone or anything. What kind of person would that make you? Is that who you want to be? So I want to call you to repentance. I want to call you to come back to the foot of the cross and receive the forgiveness. And that's why he died, because we're messed up and flawed, but he's working on us. And I pray the Spirit would convict you today. Amen. So in the beginning, we asked the question, why does God allow disruption when we're just finding a new normal? Well, secondly, because affliction always forces you to refocus your mission. So look at this. Very carefully in verse 4, those who have been scattered, remember, the eschatological vision from chapter 1, Jesus' vision was the whole world. Not my little bit of comfort. Not the place I rest my head. But his vision was the whole world. 
from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the world. And persecution was the vehicle in which God forced the church out of bed and back, refocused, sharpened its mission. Because it says that those who were scattered preached the word, right? Philip went down to the city of Samaria, proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. Right now, folks, look at where you are watching this from. Look at your external environment. Look at your climate. Look who has God put you with at this moment. You are called to represent him there. And I know that many of us wish we were at the comforts or out our own community. And this disruption wasn't here. But did you consider that you are scattered right here to preach the gospel? And it says what? Evil spirit streaks and com compulsion demon people were possessed and people who were what sick were healed what if folks the where the place you are scattered to it's the very place this is exactly what god is doing this is exactly where god wants you to be this is exactly who god is forming you to become we lose sight of mission Have you forgotten that our calling and our Savior is not to be on vacation, but mission? Not comfort, but also affliction. Not just hills, but valleys so a river could run through it. Bringing renewal and healing and deliverance. And that's the problem with the American church and the problem with wealth and problem with our our state of things, all sets of options, all sets of flourishing allows us to believe that our life is supposed to just be a gigantic party daily. And we forget people are suffering. We forget people are lost. We forget people need the Lord. We forget people need Jesus. People are suicidal. Suicide ideation is doubled and probably tripling in the next decade. Not just in medicine, academic medicine, healthcare, but in the general population and in colleges. People are suffering, void of hope, but here we are, many of us, complaining about how our life has changed. What if God has changed it? And we need to pay attention to where he has scattered us so that river could run through it. You know, one of the great gifts of COVID, in spite of the annoyance, in spite of the frustration, for me personally and for my wife and our family, is to minister to our kids. Never, as, as a father of 13 years, going on to 14, and have we spent this much time focusing just on them, their formation, their education, in developing a friendship. You know, my oldest son, if not embarrass him, but 
he realized during the pandemic as we spent time together talking about life and music, philosophy, politics, that, Dad, you're my best friend. You know, that, that was everything and more for me because I want to be close to my kids. I don't know where I will be in 30 years, but I know that they're going to, I'm, ha I'm, I'm going to be with them every step. The COVID has allowed me to be on a mission with my own children, the blessing of traveling together, the flexibility and the freedom to do that, and that we've been taking advantage. And, and our sons have changed for the better. They've become more like Jesus. They've, they have fallen in love with God because of the time allowed for us to process transitions. We talked about everything and anything, and we are closer together than we've ever been as a family. That's where God placed us, to pay attention to them. That's the calling of this season. What about you? Have you really think about this? Have you missed the moment, the Kairos moment that God has placed you in, the places and the people? because of our attitude, because of your attitude, that you don't like it this way? Could it be that God is sending you to represent him to so many people that are suffering, broken and lost without Christ to bring hope to this world? That's what Philip did in Samaria. And he would not have gone without the disruption. He was running, but the spirit was aligned to that run. And a river ran through it in a powerful way. Demon-possessed people were delivered, set free. People who were lame and sick were healed by the power of God. And here's what it tells you about something significant about the ontological nature of the kingdom of God, that leaders are not the ones with the power, right? They have the knowledge, they've been trained, right? The disciples been trained by Jesus. I've been trained in the seminaries, in languages, in church history. But Philip wasn't an apostle. He wasn't even with Jesus. Here, what you see is that power necessary. You don't need knowledge to have power. Yes, we want to learn, but Philip and those who've been scattered that went, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit has not been quarantined, but we have, but the Spirit is not. He is moving. He's omnipotent and omniscient through you. Can you imagine? Can you, can you, can you just create a missiological imagination for a second that maybe the places you are, that God has scattered, the power of God wants to show up. Healing, miracles, because it's not about us, it's not about you, it's about Jesus and his power living through you, in you and through you. Today I pray God would show you the faces and the places that he has scattered you to. I want you to pay attention to what he might want to do. Because it could be incredible. As the hills meet the valley, a river will run through it. Amen. And for the Spirit, as we pray today, would lead us, guide us through the power of the Spirit. So let's, will you lift your hands today and receive this? If you need to repent, I want you to repent deeply. It's 
for those of you that are not paying attention to the missiological calling that God has put around your external environment, I want you to pray for the faces and the places that He has placed you in. And I want you to join Him, restore the being of things. Amen. Let's sing this together. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me again this week for, I think, um, a message that was really powerful and something that I think uh, I wanted to talk about with you just shooting straight from the heart um, because of, you know, I think with the present day crisis of COVID-19, you know, and Dr. Sammy preaching about how there's been disruptions in our lives and like how we can handle um, the transitions in between these disruptions. I thought it was such a poignant message um, that really speaks to, I think, our situation globally, but also for me personally, there, I felt like there was a lot that God was doing in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic for me. Um, and I think, you know, having the space to reflect and to think about this and, you know, think about what God might really be doing is, is such an important exercise um, for us and our listeners and believers everywhere at this moment, because I, I know that it can be a cause of a lot of confusion. Um, and it could be a point in which, you know, a lot of people might be really, you know, lamenting or sighing or discontent with all of the disruptions in their lives. But, you know, really sitting down to have a conversation about, you know, what God might really be doing in the midst of all this. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this with you um, today. Um, so, I mean, besides the lengthy intro, I, I, you know, I guess one of the things I did want to ask you, you know, was, um, you know, just starting with these disruptions and creating the space to process like our pain, suffering and afflictions, you know, um, do you, do you have any thoughts on like what, uh, God might be doing for the church as a collective right now? I, I mean, before we go into like the personal. <laughs> Is this separate? I don't know if it's separate, but mm. um, collectively is the, the collectively God's been um, doing this all around since the beginning of time, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess what you're asking is, what is God saying as we're hearing this message, as he's mm -hmm. given us this message? Um, I think he's calling us to draw close again, um, mm -hmm. to pay attention, to help us refocus, and to focus on who he is and what he is saying and what he is what our true calling is because it's so easy to get wrapped up in, in everything else but our true calling sometimes. And, um, and I think it's not so much redefining but refocusing on our calling that ultimately our calling is to Jesus to be formed by him and to also represent him. And the two are inseparable. How can we really represent? I know that a lot of times we hear, um, you know, the call to the call and we go, okay, what am I not doing? Like, what should I do? But I think God's really drawing us to pay attention to, you know, what is really going on and 
Father, what are you saying about this? And how have I been, you know, doing in all of this? And um, God, how can I draw near to you to align to what you're doing? Because there's so many things. There's so many things. But again, it goes back to John 15 when Jesus says that we cannot do anything. We cannot bear any good fruit. We could bear plenty of bad fruit. But we cannot bear any good fruit um, that will last, that will benefit um, our souls and others um, apart from God, apart from the Father. Mm. So I think it's really a refocusing message. Not that there is something new, you know, like a new mission per se, but... Mm that it's really about refocusing back to him. Mm, I see. I I do feel very strongly that that is like something that has been happening in my life during uh, this pandemic and being in lockdown in New York City and quarantined and such like that. Um, But, you know, is this like something that we've forgotten? Like as in, you know, I guess given that the circumstances are so new, Right. Um, and I guess this is something that we're not experiencing in isolated pockets, but, you know, as a as a global collective and even throughout our community, is it is there something about our time in 2020 that like caused us to forget about the calling or is, is it like one of those roadblocks to or is it like just like a natural thing that kind of happens in our lives for us to, you know, have forgotten they have forgotten about um our calling to jesus and our formation towards christ i think it happens throughout life in general like i think that um there are things that happen that reveal cracks within us and also kind of push us to a place of temptation um where we're kind of strayed away by different things in life Mm. you know And that's why the community of God exists, you know, because evil exists in the world, right? And, but I think this COVID um, situation is unprecedented and the affliction is definitely unprecedented. Mm. And I guess the spectrum of how it's affecting um, the world is also unprecedented. And, but I think what, to kind of isolate or to focus on the matter at hand of the soul is that I think that, you know, it's like the study that um, 31% of millennials, was it? I forget the number, but that millennials were no longer tuning into service. I think there is an aspect of feeling like going through the mundane of every day and the lack of action or lack of momentum feeling of the lack of momentum i think it could easily feel like life is not going anywhere and that even the sacredness of turning to god and turning into the fellowship of believers to worship together in the name of jesus that can also become just another zoom session Mm. and kind of become like a back burner just like everything else so I think it's a callback to people that actually this is 
why we exist as a people of God. And this is what makes sense of everything else in our lives. It is like the centerpiece of why we exist and why we um, do what we do or why we are pursuing the direction of Christ, um, the person of Christ and mission, you know? Mm. So, you know, today I would, before I came on podcast, I was making breakfast for my kids and, you know, I wanted to get everything ready before I came on. And, um, it's such, it's like a light example. There's really no metaphor to help people kind of get through this. Cause I think people are already feeling it mm. and are maybe kind of, I would even say beyond feeling the size and are at a place of numbness where the size and the complaints are, or just feeling like everything is all the same or people and people are sick and tired of doing the same thing every day mm. or, you know, but so yeah, there's really no metaphor. There's really nothing to describe it other than this affliction is either going to make us or break us at this point. Right. But um, yeah, so I was making uh, French toes. It's like quick and easy to kind of make and set apart so that I could, you know, start the recording for the podcast. And I almost put gluten-free flour I almost sprinkled gluten-free flour, which smells horribly and tastes horribly, <laughs> on top of the French toast, oh, wow. and because I really assumed it was powdered sugar. Mm. So here am I, like trying to get things done, and you know, even <laughs> you know, it was like one of those things, and I was like, wow, like life kind of feels like this right now, you know. Yeah. You want powdered sugar, you want that, like you know, Josh says this, you know, this whole this whole um pandemic you know what it's lacking mom right i'm like what's it lacking he goes it's really lacking hype <laughs> like there's no hype in life so yeah i'm trying to add some hype i was trying to put some um powdered sugar but instead i almost put gluten-free flour and ruined the whole thing and i was just like man there's so many moments like this where it feels like this like you just want to live life you know like it used yeah. to be um, as if everything was so great back mm. then, you know, I think to think of 99 problems that we forgot about that we used to complain about, but you know, it just feels like, oh man, like oh, I put the wrong thing on, like, man, it's kind of ruined everything. So, but it kind of feels like that. And I think God is, you know, kind of helping us navigate through those parts. Like, okay, things are difficult, but Let's go back to the Father. Let's go back to the community of believers mm -hmm. and why and the values that we have been living for and fighting for, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like especially during this time when, you know, times like I guess like apart from what's going on in our individual lives, um, you know, being that our circumstances have changed so much and like it may be difficult for many um and it has certainly been difficult for me it's like i think this message was a fantastic reminder and it and also like a really good kick in the butt about you know not forgetting or like remembering what we're fighting for or remembering what is really worth it in life you know because i think 
there are many moments throughout this pandemic and during this time that has been so different from years um, previous that have kind of lent itself to sort of this malaise or sort of this like nonchalance or lackadaisical um, demeanor for me anyways about, you know, my life and like what it is that I'm truly doing or what my life is supposed to be for, like it's supposed to be for Christ. And I think somewhere in the midst of that, you know, with COVID-19, it's true that those things are forgotten or like can be missed. Um, But it's, it's in, it's like, I think this is a really good message in that it reroutes us to really reconsider, right? Like what the first point says is it helps us to reevaluate what our values are. And, you know, I think I can say that there are, there are ways in which I think God, where God is trying to form me now that I was not made aware of until um, it was made, until I was given the space to really think and reflect about, you know, what my life is for at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes, continue. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. I, I, thought you, I thought you might have that. <laughs> that reflection. Um, yes, I totally agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I guess, like, one thing that I was reflecting <laughs> on is, like, I, I don't handle disruption very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like... I think it goes to show that I've, I've been notorious, I think, amongst um, our community and the people around me for, like, really getting sour if things don't no, go. No, you like, don't get sour. Okay. You're so, I, you're so jovial. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but I think internally I do get sour, though. <laughs> uh, I know, Joe. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, but like, you know, like when things don't go according to plan, I like kind of lose my cool throughout the rest of the day. Mm. Um, and so it's like hard for me to hear what God is doing. Cause like, th- like my plans aren't necessarily what God is doing in my life. Right. So I was, I guess I was just wondering, you know, what, like, how do you handle disruptions in your life? Or like, what are your thoughts about, you know, when disruptions come your way or like there's like something chaotic going on that's not according to plan? Like, how, like how do we how do we go about those things Mm -hmm. well i think disruptions are hard for anyone right because disruption really means that you had something in mind and it didn't you know work out according to plan or hopes right or to feelings of some sort and that's like to all different degrees and you know and from small scales to like i guess larger scales right but Mm -hmm. um i guess does the part about disruption that kind of has us um derailed in our direction i think oftentimes come in a message that we receive you know like Mm -hmm. whether it is something that we believe and i think these are kind of like the cracks that god is addressing to pay attention Mm -hmm. to why why do these disruptions have such a powerful impact on us negatively you know um why does that or why does this one disruption affect me so much as opposed to other things that i'm doing quite well about you know 
And mm. I think it's oftentimes um, the message hits so hard into the places of um, undeveloped or un, um, I guess, like territories of heart of our hearts and of our lives that we've never encountered or had to face and or that we've never really gotten over or overcome and um and i think that's really the tone that it ends up setting mm. and we end up kind of like living throughout the day trying to overcome a certain feeling or to deflect from a feeling and as a result fall into a cycle of grief some sort of some sort and every day feels begins to feel the same and sometimes these messages i think of disruption because you know it's not that we can't problem solve but i think it's more impactful when the disruption becomes so powerful in fact that it becomes like the voice in our head that we cannot shake off you know and sometimes it's not that clear it's just like a like a blindness of feeling of anxiety and where does this all come from and when the goal is to align back to the father i think the the bible clearly says jesus says and this i think plays in fact like into the war zone without us realizing that we're in war once again and jesus says that the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy but Jesus says that I've come to give life to the full. So what are those voices, right? Mm. What are those disruptions where the enemy really rides on and colors and darkens and pours ink of darkness of all sort to create a story or to create some kind of uh, a looming effect? so that we cannot hear what God is saying, so that we cannot um, be in tune to what God is saying, that it actually hovers over our heads, you know, that it blinds us. So mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times disruption is not just circumstance, but it's impactful because it's a lot deeper. Right. It, it really touches upon the places where we didn't know that we were, effect were being affected on the inside. Mm you know so if i'm understanding this um in the best way that i can is it is it that like these disruptions perhaps they offer us a lot of clarity about the things that are muddying our vision for our lives and even like kind of helps cut through um you know like spiritual warfare and stuff like that so that we can see what is really going on like like i guess what i mean by what is really going on as in like um what like the cause by which we might feel that sort of mundanity like day-to-day -day sort of feeling um i guess to kind of talk on it i'm i'm trying to decipher the question but hmm. i um i guess i would say this when you see people going through disruptions and it's not that people, some people don't struggle through it. Everybody struggles through it to a, a certain extent. But if you see the big difference of people who come out of it versus people who will lose completely the way, mm. um, 
The difference would be that people who overcome it, even after struggle, are people who are holding on to the values. I think it really comes down to how much do you really live out the values of the kingdom versus saying or hoping to, right? It's really when the test comes. Um, Scripture talks about the parable um, where the man built his house on sand and when the storm came, it literally washed it off, right? Yeah. But the person who built their house on the rock, when the storms came, was really, really, was was stable within. And Jesus says that the parable is really about people who say what they will do or have no values, right? Who don't exhibit values versus people who do what those values are. And that's at the end of the day, what makes or breaks a direction in someone's life. Um, and that's really what determines someone who, who is able to overcome versus someone who cannot. So, and, um, and I think, I guess that, Having said that, um, the values are there um, so that we can be safe, you know, Mm. the word to be safe, to overcome, to live the fullness of life, to live out the full calling without getting lost in this world, without losing ourselves to the world, but to really live out the very calling to Jesus and to represent Jesus and to do it well. Hmm. Uh, but without the values of the kingdom being lived out. And when we go, when we let go of kingdom values because things are difficult or because our circumstance have changed, um, then you can guarantee that you will see things falling apart. Um, hmm. Not too long after that. You know, and I think it's a, it's why there's a rebuke is because if we forget why we exist, why salvation exists in, through Christ and why the community of believers exists because of Christ, um, when we forget of all of that, it's almost like we forget where we live. If, if we're forgetting that evil exists, we forget that temptation exists. We forget that the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion looking to devour to mm-hmm. tempt and to take out, to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think that's why it's important that we go back to the values of refocusing and recentering on um, our lives to Christ. And not just heart and mind, but there are things set up so that we can stay in the garden. You know what I mean? Right. So... I think that's really the heart of it, mm. of the disruptions and how we can handle the disruptions, you know, how we could not be derailed mm. or people that are derailed, um, how people can go back. Because the story of um, people shrieks of, you know, demonic shrieks and um, people being set free from compulsions of demonic reign, that's really the story of people who did not have those values of Christ, the person of Christ, and also falling off the values of Christ, um, being rescued from that, you know, dark darkness Mm. and refocus. That's what 
deliverance really is. And in our community, I see that happening. I see people falling into temptation to not just sin and darkness of mundaneness of this life, but people are also being set free from demonic rule and reign in the cracks that have always been there. Mm. So there is ministry happening everywhere as a result of the values because of the who are worshiping and who we're following as a person of Christ who sets people free. Right. So there's pockets of that in the community and there's pockets of that in, you know, in all different sizes everywhere where people are worshiping the name of Jesus. Hmm. I see. I'm just, I'm just kind of here thinking because, you know, I think I've certainly been someone that has fallen into that temptation of, of, of like compromising my values. And um, I guess, you know, forgetting about what my life is for or what it's designed for. But, you know, I think previously the way in which I would go about trying to, you know, maintain my values or uphold them was like through like duty or like resilience or like sheer willpower and stuff like that. Because, you know, I think there being that there is a mission at hand, you got to do the things or you got to fight for the things that allow you to do what God wants to do or to do um, the work of the kingdom. But, you know, I think one thing that I'm really learning through COVID and through our podcasts and our conversations, um, even outside of this medium is, you know, like whatever it is that I've experienced, like the, the transformation or the redirection of my faith has really come from being in community and being with people that do share and do reflect those Christ-like values that can keep me sustained. Because I think for me, one thing I saw was that like, I will run dry of whatever resilience or willpower in order to like, you know, continue to fight this fight. Um, and I was wondering like, is, is it like, like in, in terms of how we go about um fighting for our values again or like coming back to our values like how how like i guess because i'm starting to see that community is such an important aspect regarding that like i guess for someone that might be isolated or someone that might be on the margins of that right now um what can we do what can they do for us to like continue to fight um the good fight for the kingdom well i would say that you're blessed if in the community, you have people that are telling you, reminding you to turn to Jesus in times of hardship and to um, turn back to Jesus, to rely on Jesus. Um, because really the battle is to disconnect people from Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Ultimately. So... You know, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with discipline and building resilience with discipline because I do also see that that's a value, you know. Um, Hebrews talks about, you know, that discipline does not seem pleasant at the time, but it actually reaps a harvest, mm -hmm. right? To be able to, to the, 
submit to Christ and to be led by the Spirit, right? To be fathered by God himself. So discipline is so necessary. So it's not so much against discipline, but I think it's really the um, lack of unawareness that happens on a daily basis, and especially in times of affliction. When the awareness diminishes of why we live, why we exist, how we met um, together in relationship in this community. And it becomes, I mean, because oftentimes it could easily become about people gathering together, Mm -hmm. but why we gather together, you know? So if you have someone turning you back to Jesus and, and because, you know, sometimes it's really not um, drinks with friends or, you know, just the circle together. It's really the hand around or the arm around the shoulder, as um, we often say, you know, it's so powerful how that voice that helps us come back to Jesus and says, hey, let's, let's, let's talk about what's going on and um, what's really going on. Let's really seek God's perspective together. Hey, why don't you turn to Jesus? Like, why don't you give some time and spend time with Jesus and find out what's happening? Mm. You know, I think that's why the community is so powerful. And that's why um, it's so necessary. Community is necessary. And because the unawareness of, you know, going through the motions of something, the heart, you know, I've seen this, like, people are talking about burnout a lot. Um, Even I think within community, you know, feeling the lack of escape from jobs or lack of, um, I guess, you know, don't get me wrong. Some people love their jobs. This is not just, this is not Mm. all, you know, but I think some people are um, at the brink of burnout or burning out because they feel like the way they used to escape and the way they used to replenish per se um, has been taken from them. So it's kind of like, what am I living Mm. for now? Because many people, you know, whether, one would like to admit it or not, I think a lot of times in this world, we fall into the aware unawareness of what world we live in and who we live for. And as a result, kind of begin to believe that we go through the grind so that we can be um, rewarded mm. through vacation, so that we could be rewarded through some kind of or type of pleasure, right? Because the, everything is not in my control. So at least I can control how I spend my time to feel better, Mm -hmm. to feel good. But I think this message is even confronting, you know, even that. And I would even say it's a crack because there's no vacation that could restore the soul to become more like Jesus. It's ultimately rest and even vacations and restoration of escape and of experiences of all sorts of pleasure seeking, um, legally, illegally, like everything, everything submits first to God's values. 
you know, why we exist and who we are in Christ. So, you know, it's when Paul says, I take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and make it obedient to Christ. And I think, again, it goes back to the values. Apart from really living for the value of Christ, everything else is in vain. You can go to one vacation, you could have one experience, another experience, but in the end will be meaningless. In the end will just be a filler. It will get us through just like a meal would get us through the day without um, being hungry. But ultimately it is like being starved without realizing it, you know, and ultimately um, being confronted by how malnourished we are to the point of death without real food. And the real food, this is why Jesus says the real food is to do the will of God. Mm. He calls doing the will of God real food. And that's the calling to Jesus and to represent Jesus. Mm. People will tell you, affluent people will tell you, um, people who have done all sorts of vacations will tell you ultimately it really comes back to relationship with God through Christ. Um, and, and I'm talking about, you know, believers who exhibit values of Christ, right? We're holding on to the values to the hard time. Um, even in hindsight, we'll tell you like, yeah, that was great, but I'm just thinking about the next vacation. But ultimately if we become aware, we'll say all those experiences do not compare to the very center focus piece of rest, which is mm. found in Christ, you know? And I think that's really what the rebuke is about that, you know, I think oftentimes we could say, well, we're just trying to get through, like, why are you picking on my vacation? But actually it's not, it's about what place do these things take? Because we easily, we easily become unaware of, um, what, why we exist as a community of believers and what exactly is a fellowship of believers. It's people who have been rescued from the domains of darkness and of this world through Christ, mm. you know, and people who are staying connected to Jesus because of that factor, because of those reasons and are on mission to help others to be rescued so that this world does not eat people up so that the enemy doesn't devour people up. So I think in the, in the end, that's what it comes down to. It's the mm. unawareness, right? And it's the call right. to become aware right. once again. Um, yeah, I think, I think one of the things that has made it apparent for me in my life that, you know, maybe I am a little bit wayward and I'm not really walking in the direction that Christ would want me to in terms of being formed by his values and becoming more like him is, I think, sometime in the middle of COVID as we were podcasting and such like that, I think there was like this moment where I felt like me being disgruntled and like grumbling about you know, how much my life has changed and like, you know, just kind of like, um, I guess being discontent with my life at the current moment just kind of went to show that I was like fixated on flourishing. Right. And, you know, we've talked about flourishing quite a bit in throughout, you know, our services and our messages and such like that. But, you know, I think one of the 
things that are different about how I see flourishing is that, you know, like my idea of flourishing, which I'm kind of relating to what you said about vacations and stuff like that is not necessarily the kind of flourishing that Christ has in mind for us. Right. And so it's like through this message and this message has been a great reminder in that it's remembering that, you know, even despite the flourishing and even in our affliction in the middle and in between those things, which, you know, Dr. Sammy calls our transitions is where God is working. Right. And it's where God is doing something in our lives so that we can be formed to be like Christ and our formation towards being like Jesus is the flourishing um, is what I think I came to. And I was wondering, um, you know, what your thoughts are about, you know, flourishing in general. And like, if we have like a misconception about, you know, God's plans for us in regards to flourishing and like our ideas about it. Yeah, I think um, you said you said it. Do we have a misconception about flourishing? Um, like, what does God think mm. about it versus what we think about it? I mean, definitely. I think that's why we right. fall into unawareness. And, you know, um, I think a lot of times we, we don't realize it, but we think, oh, God wants me to get my act together. Um, and that's flourishing. So I have to do this and not have all these things. So that's flourishing. But, you know, our father is very surprising in that he has all these great mm. things in store for his children. And so when we limit him by generalizing him to one or the other, I think we're kind of missing the point of, um, who the father is and what the father is. It's almost as if to assume that the father wants us to suffer and struggle. But actually what the father does is in times of affliction, we're, you know, just like disciples were forced, Mm. like people that were forced, not because they wanted to, but they literally had to flee and scatter because of persecution. Not because they thought, oh, let's, you know, this would be a great thing to do. No, I think they said, they said, this is how we will survive and keep the faith going, mm-hmm. probably even survive. And they scattered and that's how it spread to the nations. Right. But it's, it, God has a purpose. I think that's a thing. The flourishing of suffering is that God has a purpose, even mm-hmm. in Florida, even in suffering. He has a flourishing, um, plan for us even in hardship even in affliction that's how good he is i think oftentimes we look at it the other way like why are you doing this to me but actually you know it's not that god is trying to punish anyone but he is looking to restore us and rescue us in all this ugliness He is wanting to restore us and mend the cracks within so that we can truly know joy. You know, we can truly know love. We can truly understand the Father's heart. So what's beautiful about God in affliction is that he has beauty in store in affliction. And it's just that affliction has a way of, because we're all wanting, we are very, um, 
we want to survive and we will examine, you know, as Sam said, you know, as Mike Tyson said, like, it's easy to say, you know, I'm going to do all these things, but then you get on stage and, you know, people are like, oh, I don't like what you said. Then you're like, oh man, I don't think I want to do that anymore. And some people are like, you know what? I want to do this. Like, you know, when you're in the arena, you really know for sure when you're getting hit by criticism and punches, but like, God has a, a great plan mm. to flourish us in our pain. We're just being forced there um, because, well, I think um, sometimes it is a blessing in disguise to know you have mm. nowhere else to turn, you know, and that you've tried everything and that to come to an awareness not as a default mode because that's not what i'm talking about like to come to an awareness like to really examine what is my life about and you know what yeah. what am i living for you know so yeah i completely resonate with what you just said um because i think i've experienced something very similar to that where i i feel like I feel like these disruptions during COVID for me, and I think this has been starting even way before uh, this pandemic, but like it, I think a lot of it came to fruition or clarity during this time because, you know, I think there was a way in which I was living my life in trying to be self-reliant and trying to figure things out on my own that I've kind of lost sight of, I think God's design for me, if if I'm bold enough to say it like that, because I, you know, I think we were created for community, like we say, and by community and like for fellowship, right? Like it's in love and in relationships with others. You know, I think that the best of me or like the best of ourselves can really, um, you know, I guess be actualized or like be seen by others. But I kind of deviated from that for a long time. And what I'm starting to see is that like, I was not aware that my life was going in a trajectory of like being isolated and apart from people. And it wasn't until, you know, mm. uh, like for me, especially like our conversations and being in community and, you know, talking about even like being around and like talking about the values of Christ kind of reoriented me towards, you know, remembering what our values really are that you know, life is about relationships and our, like life is about, you know, who I'm being formed or like in whose image I am being formed so that I can really represent the father and not just like be like, I guess, so, so like duty or mission driven or like do figure things out on my own, but to like, you know, experience what I think God has in mind for flourishing. And that only really came from when I felt like I had nothing left because of my own like way of doing my life. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't, you know, maybe, and maybe this is what God was doing, but you know, like you said, like maybe we are forced into these situations so that we can see. Well, I think one of the messages that are, um, that's prevalent is, and the disruption, going back to disruption and the attack and the voice of the enemy is that, um, how you feel right now right. is the rest of your life. 
that all good things that you felt before this, every good momentum before you felt how you felt now, you know what? This is the rest of your life. And I think that's how the enemy whispers. Like, oh, you know the relationships? You felt momentum. You finally felt like people knew you. You finally felt, um, you know, that you were seen and loved and you were beginning to get that. Well, all of that comes to an end because, you know what? You can't beat this. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. What you felt, you know, you <sighs> use the word I fantastic at one point, you know, everything fantastical you felt, mm -hmm. magical you felt about life in Christ. Well, all of that, well, because you live in this, this, you know, blank hole, you know, all of that comes to an end. I think that's the disruption, really. That's the voice of derailment that what you feel now is for the rest of your life. But, and it is a tunnel vision of some sort. But it is the message that really pierces us and gets us stuck and gets us really stuck, not because life is not moving forward or not because God is not doing anything, but because it is really, it's a stake mm. against our heart to be stuck. You know, you know, when we walk, when um, our family takes walks, more mm. and more, we are seeing deers, right? And They'll, they'll be great. It's weird because I know like people listening, living in different parts, yeah. not New York. You're probably like, oh, that's so normal. Like people who live in more rural parts, you know, make fun of us. Like, oh man, you are from New York because we get so amused by cows in New Jersey, for example. But seeing deers is like a new thing for us in New York City. So um, when we see deers, we're, we're like, wow. But I think also deers mm -hmm. are, you know what? Deers, like they look at you, like they're gra gracefully, like they're so beautiful in the mm -hmm. mist and the fog and the humidity of air, like they're just grazing on the grass, right? And then, um, I mean, whatever they're eating, who knows what they're eating, but um, you hear sudden noises of a dog coming or a person coming, they look at you, like, and <laughs> I always wonder, so interesting, deer, deer. Um, yeah, deer what is it, like? like caught in yeah it's it's so funny because i heard that um mm -hmm. i actually read up on this it says that they freeze they actually freeze in nervousness mm -hmm. and they don't know how to go back to what they were doing so i see that with the deers but i think it's a lot like that like it could be so graceful and you know and all of a sudden it's like bam and they're stuck and i think we're we're like that and i think that's what they describe people you're like a de deer with um caught in headlight yeah. i don't know whatever the idiom is but you get the point but i think for us because it's real life because for us we have souls of you know that are meant to flourish in times of affliction and that can be attacked we get caught and disrupted and we actually forget I think that's the thing. We forget and therefore become unaware. We forget the grand scheme of what God is doing. That this is really, you know, and God never pauses in shock mm. because God knows everything that's going on. He's so in control of everything. Nothing scares him, right? So he, you would never describe God as someone who's what is, okay just say this just say what deer caught in a mm. i will never be described as deer caught in a headlight you know? 
He's not surprised by our reactions, our complaints, our sighs. He's seen it all. He knows us personally. He's seen us in humanity throughout history. But above all that, he created us. He knows our dark side. And, you know, he knows what, why he had to send his son, Jesus, to save us, you know, and how we get wild with sin. Um, apart from the beautiful image of God that he created us, you know, so, but I think human beings are short-sighted because we get shocked by disappointment that it becomes such a, like a staking powerful message that impacts us enough to derail us. And I think that's how the enemy operates. Um, but why we need to refocus is really because God is wanting to let us know he is working in us in the affliction that he does. He sees part this as a part to a whole. We see right. it as everything. And the message hits us that this is everything. The concerns you feel right now, it is forever. So you better just kind of adapt. And I think that's why a lot of people, like you said, you didn't realize how you deviated from um, your direction. Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, speak over your words, but I think you said something like you, re- you didn't realize you deviated and you were in isolation. Yeah. You didn't realize that. And you kind of described the unawareness and the forgetting part. You know? And I think that's mm-hmm. what happened a lot. I think a lot of people that are losing focus kind of felt fell off of focus very subtly that way. One message after another, mm-hmm. and it's one feeling after another, and anxiety after another. And after, before you know it, you didn't, you forgot what really mattered, what kept you grounded and centered right. in the first place. And I think this pandemic mm-hmm. is a story of um, people returning back and refocusing through this message, but also, um, you know, in time. But I, I see God restoring people back to Him, you know. In so many serendipitous ways, like God is really working in people's affliction to restore people back to his heart, back to the community, back to the values, you know, that grounded, Uh, stable on a stable rock of a house. So, Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's like you're right in saying that those messages are subtle. Like I didn't even think about the fact that like maybe for some reason in in the middle of all in in the middle of like this journey to live for Christ like maybe there was just like this subtle thought that you know this is the best it's going to get or this is like the best that i can do for these things and it's like i guess we lose sight of the greater promises and um i guess the greater call that god and christ has had for us from the very beginning it's like i think you know and I guess like what I'm trying to like describe is that maybe, maybe this is, this is where we're supposed to be right now in the middle of this affliction. Um, cause you know, I'm kind of referring back to what Dr. Sammy said that like it's in like the Christian life and like it's in like the suffering and persecution that like, you know, God's message was preached through the church in Acts. Right. And like it's, it, it was in the midst of, that affliction that they were supposed to be right where they were so that they can be formed um, to be people that carry and preach the gospel um, to the ends of the nations or the, to the ends of the earth. 
Um, and I'm wondering, like, maybe for believers that, you know, are, you know, growing in awareness or realizing maybe similarly to the things that we're talking about right now, or like even seekers who who might be experiencing like serendipitous moments, like, is this... It, is it is this where we're supposed to be in regards to our journey um and our like what it looks like to live our lives for christ where we're supposed to be in terms of what like um what i say? guess according to like god's timing for us or like this is what because this is what god is doing to uh sort of wake us up to the the fact or like the thought that we are straying away from our values, that we've forgotten the bigger picture um, in the midst of all this suffering. Like, is this, is there growing awareness or is this like kind of wake up call sort of where we're supposed to be in terms of how we navigate through these disruptions in our lives? I would say that there is a sense of God teaching people how to really live life mm-hmm. to the full. But in in terms of like this is why this happened, um, that this is God's intention is I think maybe far fetched um, because you know God is working through the afflictions and we're forced to examine if blessed right mm-hmm. us to examine to find focus and refocus. But I think that's to say this is why it happened or where God intended for us so that we examine is to assume that everyone will find focus and will refocus. But I don't think that's true. And I think that's why also the mission exists. Um, So I would say theologically, that's kind of, um, I'm not sure if I fully could agree to that. Although, you know, I'm very, I'm just, because I think a lot of times we could generalize, oh, this is what God is doing. So he must want me to suffer for this reason. It often comes to that conclusion, but I don't believe that that is God's um, purpose or plan, actually. But I'll say this, and, you know, um, you know, the cracks that we are going through, I mean, like that we might face Hmm. Um, the, I know this, this might sound far-fetched maybe to our listeners, but hear me out. You know, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of unprecedented things that have happened as a result of COVID, actual it being a disease that have taken lives and tragically have affected people in ways that we can never, um, like truly understand right but the the residue and the effects of covid and the i guess the preservation of people process of all this like the lockdown and everything honestly in my observation okay this is just my observation of the i guess the data i'm given in my own experience of life of as a pastor but the struggles that people seem to be going through are um, almost um, highlighted and hyperbolic as a result of 
the affliction of mm. COVID, but I don't see it necessarily as something that is completely of like new or unprecedented per se mm. per person. What I mean by that is, um, do you know what I mean? Like, I like this. Is, hmm? Oh no! Please continue. I was just gonna say, like, do you do you mean that this is not like a completely new, like unheard of thing that we're experiencing in terms of our afflictions? Like, it's not like anything that really no, changed. I think the the COVID affliction is something unheard of, but I think what it's bringing out in us is not necessarily things that were not there before. Right. It like highlights the things that we were already being afflicted by. Yeah. Like, for yeah. example, like concerns for future. I think before COVID, people were, um, who worried about the future of, of jobs and about future and about legacy, all sorts. Like, these are worries that some people already had and were already um, worried, uh, concerned deeply about and worried right. day and night about security how am i going to make a living i think these are worries that people already had covid mm -hmm. just kind of is highlighting it all in one impactful way um but it it's not so much that all of a sudden these cracks were not made necessarily by the the covid situation mm -hmm. itself you know but it is being highlighted through it and yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. And I think that's why it's so important to focus and refocus on what God is saying in all of it, because he's wanting to mend those cracks that are coming up. And I guess in a way, it's an encouragement to people who feel like, oh man, like I don't do well under these circumstances or situations, like, and are as a result kind of isolating and feeling like oh, everyone else seems to be doing well and I'm not. So I might not, I, I must not make the cut mm. of the community or I must not be good enough and are falling into shame because, but this is an encouragement. Like there are cracks in all of us that God is um, because he is good. Even in affliction, he has a plan for all things that we are shocked by. God is reconstructing us. And in that, sorry to complicate it, Joe, but you know, I have to nip it sometimes. That is where God intended for us to be in that construction. Hmm. So I think that's very different from saying like, oh yeah, God must, you know, it's easy to generalize. And I think generalizing kind of keep us in superficiality of our faith, but yeah. really, understanding like what really is going on is that he is reconstructing us in the parts of us that have always hurt us actually hmm. so in in essence god is healing and he's wanting to heal people and draw people closer than ever before so right. that the construction and the reconstruction of our hearts will actually revitalize us and make us closer to him which mm. is amazing you know right. yeah i mean i completely agree with that because i think one thing that i've noticed that is different um 
about me as of late or something that I've noticed in observation is just, you know, I think when I came to the realization that um, the way that I was operating in this world was not the way I want to continue um, because I've noticed that like, um, you know, I've deviated from my values and like what I, what, what I truly think was like um, how I can be formed in the image of Christ. I think there was like a pretty huge deviation away from that um, at a certain point in my life. And like, when I noticed that, you know, or like came to the realization, like, I, this is not who I imagined myself to be, or this is not like how I thought I would go about my relationship with God and people and Jesus was when I like, you know, like, I think the after effects of that realization and like taking the steps in order to kind of um, re, you know, redirect myself um, back onto the path and like back onto this journey of being formed in the image of Christ is like where I've noticed that there is a difference in just like my attitude and how I do relationships um, my conversations and like the quality by which I'm conducting myself and like to the people around me. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm, I'm noticing that, you know, this reconstruction, like being, being a part of like that reconstruct, reconstructing of identity, I guess is what I can say, mm-hmm. um, seems to be what is being highlighted or like, highlighted highlighted in contrast to i guess those afflictions that are being um exacerbated or like shows itself more because of the unprecedented uh pandemic right it's like it's not like the struggle that i had is different it was just like made more apparent to me and Mm -hmm. because i was able to see it more clearly i was also able to see like the error of my ways and the ways in which i might have fallen short or like straight away um, from God's calling or who Christ is calling me to be. Um, and I, 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 I do think I, I, I just wanted to agree with the fact that maybe that this is what that reconstruction process of what's going on in our community um, for believers that are listening or for like people that have been struggling throughout this time is, you know, like the direction in which we're being brought in regards to all this. Yeah, well, I think that's the mission. Mm. You know, it's not that, it. you know, no one by default turns back. That's the thing. That's why the mission exists, because evil exists. No one, because this is what the Father is doing, somehow go, it comes back to the place they're supposed to be. People are led astray. People go astray. People um, give up. So um, it's not so much generalized (laughs) sorry joe it's not a generalized thing where people this is what god is doing so you're suffering so therefore you're going to come back no Mm. people have to be led back people have to be invited back people have to return back people have to turn back you know so it is i think if anything it is um conveying perspective of what god is how god is seeing and how he's loving us in the affliction to give us awareness to give us sight and vision Mm -hmm. to return 
to be aware of what is really happening so that mission continues so that people being led astray whether by wolves or by schemes and temptations and cracks or whatnot you know are can be invited back be brought back mm. and i think that's the part why mission exists well because we have to be formed yeah. right like it also exists because we have to be formed there's nothing we can do just by action but it is because of this formation of realizing on the umbrella in which god is doing all these things in and around us in affliction so that we are formed to not be the person who lives in complete unawareness but we're um you know kind of leveling up and growing in stages of maturity to understand wow this is an opportunity actually um this trial is an opportunity mm. you know to be formed and um to realize and being formed apart from realizing that others need christ is not formation and i think that's where i think we confuse the word flourishing being flourishing apart from realizing that others need to find christ is not flourishing mm. it's just just you know that's great for you that's your own past like great you're prospering but that's you know, true flourishing is when others are flourishing as a collective of people being found in mm. Christ. You know, so I think the formation really makes us realize that others need rescuing and that it's not going to all be well. Um, and that's why mission exists, because evil exists and evil exists. And that's why the community, the fellowship of believers exist. And I repeat that again and again, because I think that's the 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 very thing that we tend to forget you know hmm. for sure i definitely think that's a lesson that i'm learning because like i think one of the things that i've forgotten is that i'm not excluded from god's mission as in like i guess like for a long time i forgot that i was also i also need to be saved and rescued you know and so like mm -hmm me going about my life by myself and like figuring things out on my own it's like i totally missed the mark about you know or i totally missed the part where i need a savior and i can't do this on my own and you know i need people with me through this and i think it's like really it is it is in those subtle um messages and you know i think you know spiritual warfare that gets that got me wrapped up in this idea that like i i'm on my own with this but like you know from something you just said it it was it's, it's just such a clear reminder that mission exists not just for you know like because like i think i thought about missions like it this is like for others like this is for other people to know christ and this is for other people to grow deeper in relationship which it is but also it's about me growing deeper in relationship with christ and you know me being saved and also like that i have to submit to the cross as well um and i guess i wanted to bring that up because you know i'm like is that like a a good idea of what how i'm thinking about this right now like that mission isn't like for us all 
Well, um, I think that your friends and your community and your pastors can tell you that, um, Joe, you came to Christ, but you definitely needed and need a lot of work of creation. So I bet you people who already know you are laughing like, oh, man, Joe, he's so forgetful. (laughs) But you know what? Um, In your defense, I think we all Mm. forget. So, um, but I think, I guess the perspective is, it's kind of like, is this the way that we should look at it? That mission is for us as well as for others. Um, I don't think it's all that simple. I mean, yes, simply yes. And that's why, I mean, I I think I already kind of said that right before Mm. what you said about, um, being saved and being formed and realizing um, apart from flourishing, apart from realizing others need Christ is not true flourishing mm, or formation, yeah. right? You could be formed all you want, but you might become the most independent person who does not know how to be interdependent or um, be in relationship with others. Like, you know, you could be formed, and I guess that's the thing. And I'm, and I guess that's bring up that formation into what formation into Christ image or formation into mm-hmm. what. And we're not sure about what we're being formed into. We're being definitely being formed by it. So, and I think that's the unawares that unawareness that God is trying to wake us up from, focusing and refocusing, so that we're not formed into the image of, you know the world or the efficiency of the world of uh perfection of the world the perfect you know entrepreneur or the successful whatever or you know like how the world portrays it but i want to be formed Mm. by christ you know that is totally apart from this world totally upside down from this world and totally ups um backwards from the values of this world so yeah i want to be formed by christ and i think also that doesn't just happen by default but that's why mission exists we have to invite people to the person of christ who has all these great things in mind first to rescue and to rescue along in this process of life so um i think yeah i if I guess that's kind of the perspective, mm. you know, like really examine what we're being formed by, you know, and is really the question like, are you really exhibiting the values or are you actually exiting from the values because right. things are different or because things are um, difficult? Mm. Yeah. And I guess what I, I, I guess the next question I wanted to ask is like, how do we, um, I guess, if we're observing our faith and like where we might fall short because of our circumstances and such like that, um, you know, where do we go from there? Right. Cause I'm thinking with this message and just how powerful it was. And, you know, from this rebuke, where does the believer who might've straight away go from here or like from this point? moving forward um well observing our face 
someone who may have observed have been observing facebook kind of mm-hmm. fell away you said i forgot exactly how you said it um i think let's kind of put words to observing our face observing our face does not mean the systems we follow but it's about following the person of jesus christ being formed by christ to represent christ so and that is kind of like the answer i guess to that question because when we fall apart from the image or the ways of christ what do you do when you're navigating through uh a new terrain or a new direction with your vehicle what do you do you Mm -hmm. reroute back right and the salvation part is that we don't have to reroute back on our own to find our Mm -hmm. way to observe it again but we route back through repentance, through change of mind and heart of an, of, of, um, awareness that comes forth, the spell of forgetfulness breaking. And we repent of realizing of all these things that we've strayed away from God. And it's really a reconnection to a relationship with the person of Christ. That's what really observing mm-hmm. a face really means. So what should one do if one has fallen off of that? Reroute to Christ. The the sacrifice has already been made. You don't have to live in shame of being in that place where you feel like others are doing better than you or that you have an expectation for yourself to be great one day and to feel like you're struggling again. But no, you reroute back. And you seek the perspective of the person of Christ, of the plans that he has for you in this affliction, in this difficulty of highlighted and even hyperbolic concerns and anxieties, you know? So you turn back to Christ. That's always the answer. Return, repent, and return back to Christ. You know, the focus is not so much, you know, let's get back on, um, you know, let's get back on mission, but it's realizing why we need to get back on mission. It's realizing why we need to get back on the true calling of our lives in the midst of all the demands and the things that we have to think about to feed our families in the long haul or to make sure our kids are going to do well or make sure that our wives, you know, like your wives or, you know, our families are going to be happy. It's realizing um, why we need to be back on mission, why we need to be restored back to the true calling, because it's the calling of following Christ and being formed by Christ to represent Christ that will make everything else hmm. make sense. You know? so. It is really a refocusing back to why. Why we need to get back is more important than let's get back. Because mm-hmm. it's really about people losing their way. And the way back is Christ. That's, that's why the Jesus says, I am the mm-hmm. way, the truth, and the life. You know? 
No one comes to the Father except through me. So you can look for all sorts of navigation way back. Like, you know, and I think some people do this, like, let me just place all the ducks in a row. Let me just make sure I get the right time to spend time with God again. And our, and people focus a lot on the mechanism of turning back to God and forget about the person of Christ. But why, um, community also exists is because it's ur- there's an urgency mm. of the fact that evil exists. So I would forego all those things. I would forego mm. the candles and, you know, the right journals and the right pen and mm. the highlighters. And I know we have people like that at our community who are like, they have to have condition. absolute quiet, you know, mm. uh, yeah, absolute conditions to be able to really sincerely say, but some, I think that's what I realized, like in this pandemic, as much as we are given so much time for extra things that we can, you know, I guess, fill our time with. And I think that's kind of like one of the hardships, right? Mm-hmm. There's just too much time and there's too much to think about. But at the same time, we don't have that time to refocus back into this, to, the person of Christ. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, why do we have time for all this worrying, but there's really no time to have the silence mm. or the focus to refocus. But that's why I think Christ has already done the part for us. And all we need to do is just turn back to him in a simple prayer. It's cliche, but you know, it's true. It's he's really a prayer away. And that's how we reconnect back. God I am turning back to you. I really need you. I feel lost. And I'm going to admit that I've been losing my way. And I may have been even enabling that myself. But mm-hmm. I turn back to you in Jesus' name. And me. And, and then beginning to pay attention in the spell of forgetfulness breaking. And beginning to pay attention to what God is doing. Who God has placed in our lives. Um, what God is saying in all of it, you know, I think it'll begin mm. to make sense. You know, um, so having said all this, I want to actually share mm. something. Um, I'm, I just keep remembering this. So one day, I think last week sometime, I, I had a dream, right? And um, I had a dream that I woke up in this house and um, I got my cup of coffee and I went outside to kind of, look out the front yard right and i was like oh my wow what what like there was a huge construction hole in my it's so dreams are kind of illusions of Mm. reality in pieces at times and i think somehow god for me forms all of that together so it's not of course my literal house but literally the concrete had been like literally dug into and there was a huge hole like a mile hole in front of my house Mm. in my dream in my dream and i found myself standing with the contractor and Mm. some kind of a manager right and i said my when did this happen right i was like when did this happen and i said to um the contractor, I said, so first I said to the manager, I said, why shouldn't you have kind of 
told yeah. me that this construction is gonna happen. <laughs> you know, and then um she she was like, um, well uh and then uh, kind of like hinting for me to talk to a contractor. So I was like to the contractor, I said, uh, shouldn't have like kind of you should have like knocked on my door and asked me if you could dig a hole. But then, you know, as much as I was thinking about protocol and the order of things and, you know, annoyance of disruption, I was really excited in my mm -hmm. heart. And that's the other thing about dreams. Like you got, you get to kind of feel the joy or the, the heart of God in your, that God wants you to know in perspective in your dream. And then, um, the contractor says this, he goes, um, well, I could have told you that I was going to reconstruct in front of your house, but if I right. told you, would you have allowed me to? <laughs> no, I would have probably asked you so many questions. Mm -hmm. And if it were up to me, it would have delayed the process. But I'm actually really excited because right. I'm really excited to see what this could mm -hmm. become. I'm getting chills. Thank you. And then, um, he kind of like gave me a wing. Yep. That's why mm. I didn't really wake you up. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to say that that's COVID. And this is why I'm saying this under the umbrella of everything that we've discussed and kind mm. of, I guess, dug through that it's the reconstruction of our, of the heart that God is doing. And, on that day, I put up this post in mm -hmm. BRG, Bible Reading Group. If you're not following it, follow it on Instagram. Like daily verse, like verses. Sometimes it's very prophetic and verses that are very relevant to what the message is about, but also mm -hmm. what God puts on my heart. I just kind of posted a verse, a picture, and like a little explanation, but mm -hmm. it's called 180 BRG, Bible Reading Group. But anyway, right away. I looked for a picture mm. of a desert, a, like a wilderness place and of uh, this like really cute, I don't know, those like truck mm. or van driving through the dirt. And then um, it was this verse um, as I was praying through it. Um, I just want to share it now. Because... Um, I just felt like this need for an imagery and a verse of perspective. And I felt God saying this, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, and I think a lot of times we look at our life and go, well, if, in order for us to flourish, like all these things have to be in place, God. All these distractions have to stop. But God is not always working at the physical things right. in life the things that we worry about at the forefront but he's mm. wanting to reconstruct our heart as well and that's why i love that song um i think it's called fall by hillsong it's actually a children's song that says holy spirit come in power change my life and i think that talks about the excavation of our mm -hmm. lives like physical planet we live on right but then it says and then it says again, Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. come and change my life that I may live my life for you. And that's important. Environment does matter, but not as important or would say not less important as Holy Spirit, come and change yeah. my heart. I want to live for you. 
And I feel like the reconstruction that was happening in my front door was in part to excavation mm. physically, but also internally. And I think it's heavily internal. The cracks, like, you know, in a way, God is saying, Lydia, I want to mend this crack mm. that's in your soul that you're hurting from, that keeps you isolated in ways that you don't realize sometimes. And I think he's saying this to all of us, like, there are these cracks. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, God, my crack is not that big. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I maybe like mend it a little, put a little gold liquid in there. It'll be great. No, it's not a fix of sticking things together, but it's the deep needs where the father has always wanted to take care of us, you know, and to heal us. So um, that was my dream. And of course the dream didn't end there. So I'm like, you know what? I, I'm really right. excited. The wilderness is my heart and God is reconstructing my heart so that I can truly live because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give life to the full. And he is fulfilling mm. that promise in affliction. You know, that's the beauty of God's heart. And then so I go upstairs and then there's, I'm catching bugs in my, in my house for like, there was like a fly and like, I'm trying to catch it, but then like the fly is really annoying. It's not even a fly. It's like a little something. And then I'm like, I think I say to a manager contractor, like, oh man, like what about this thing? This is kind of a nuisance inside the yeah. house. After I get this perspective, there's something new happening, right? I'm like, this is a nuisance. Like why, if something new is happening, why does it have to have bugs? Like, come on. And then, um, uh, the contractor or the manager at this time says to me, he goes, you know, actually, um, that bug is not what you think it is. Look at what it is. And it was actually like something really fantastical. Like it wasn't the nuisance of a bug, but it actually turned into an opportunity for me to see like something really fantastical. It was like, I don't know. I can't even explain it, but it wasn't this fly of this earth. And then all of a sudden, when I found that perspective, even inside the house, after getting perspective about the huge reconstruction, right. um, I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so mm. I think that's what God is doing. He's helping us refocus right. um, to see clearly with his vision, like what he's trying to show us and what he's trying to do in us. And, um, you know, now that I'm thinking about mm -hmm. it, I feel like the contractor is the father, right? And the manager is the spirit. Because the manager was very insightful in the matters of the inside mm -hmm. and helping wow. us turn back to God. <laughs> but then the contractor really had the answers of perspective. So, and I think that is a picture for all of us, you know. I'm always encouraged when I have dreams like that, that God is what God is saying. And I guess in in essence, it answers the question Joe, uh, Joe asked in the beginning. <laughs> what do you think God is saying collectively to all of us? Why I stall? Because I want to explain so many other layers of it so that we can generalize. But um, collectively... I think that's what God is doing. He's trying to give us perspective about, you know, um, why we do what we do. Remind us to break spells of forgetfulness so that we can return back to the Father. 
the manager, the spirit is always at work to lead us back to the father to get the, the responses mm-hmm. and the perspective that God has for us in affliction, the work that God is doing in affliction. So this is very hopeful for all of us. You know, God is encouraging us, restoring you and I back to the father. So if you feel like you strayed and you've been really, you know, kind of even really, I would, I say sometimes to people that I take calls, um, in this affliction, having a hard time, you know, I say to people like, okay, so this brattiness of Mm. saying, I don't like this, let's submit that back to God, you know, the entitlement of, Mm. I don't like what's happening here. Let's turn that back to God. God, I don't want to turn to you. Like, let's, let's submit all these things back to God and let's restore because the perspective is there is see I am I'm going to read this see I am doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland and I love that God can do all folds at once mm-hmm. not just the way we explain things sometimes oh is God working on her heart oh and then is he going to work on the outside no actually God is like I'm not limited by any of this. If, you know, if you, wh- when you realize that it gives us a lot of peace, he can do two folds, three folds, four folds, eternal folds of work around us and in this world. So, um, yeah. Well, that was, I don't, I, that, that was just very powerful. <laughs> I was just listening to you um, mm-hmm. with all that. Yeah, it was really powerful for me too, actually. Mm. It gave me a lot of perspective. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think I would probably feel similarly to you if somebody asked me to like completely disrupt my front lawn like that. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like I guess we don't always welcome like such like these kinds of changes. And I guess because of like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we're like tend to feel like we need to stick towards our comforts and stuff like that but it's true i i think now that you mention it there is like an exciting element of mm-hmm. something brimming with life with mm-hmm. what god is doing in this arena that is very different from i think how i was usually operating out of uh-huh. and you know it's something i haven't really felt in a while and in a long time, but you're right. I think there is like an air of excitement regarding how God is working in us and through us and in our formation. And I think like, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like, I think it's really great. And it's, it is, how can I, how can I put this? Um, I feel like a renewed sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. That's fair mm-hmm. to say, because like, I think like earlier in my faith, it was, there was like the desire, like strong desire to want to be formed and, you know, be developed to be someone that really represents Christ well and represents the father well. Um, And it's like being called, I feel like right now I'm being called back to that same Mm -hmm. path and to that same, you know, calling. It's just that somewhere I forgot about it and 
I forgot that that was like the original thing. That was like what really got me going about who Christ is in my life and why I wanted to honor him with my life and be worthy of even being able to do that. And I'm, I'm just very grateful. I'm very glad that this is all happening mm-hmm. um, for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see that this is something that God might be doing in the lives of the people around me also. Cause um, I like, like my inside feels flourishing, you know, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um. yeah. I think as we close something that I want to, I want to actually mm-hmm. read this to bring scripture perspective because James talks about this. And I, I just want to say this for some it's, it's, unprecedented but i think some have gone through worse personally so it's not the first biggest trial although it's unprecedented you know globally and nationally but again there are things happening within apart from covid apart from that have that has really been highlighted by i guess the limitations and the disruption and the frustration mm-hmm. of COVID. But, and for some, I think it's the first time something like this has ever happened. Like for some, you know, mobility has been always limited. So some people have kind of learned to navigate through life, whether they, it's upbringing or the way they had to grow up or how they manage life or whatever. But for some, I think it's a huge shock to those who always felt mobility in life. And it is kind of really of a shocker. And dear caught in a headlight is, I think, the right term to use for that, that you get stuck and disrupted. So whatever the case is, um, because I think it, it's outside in, internal, and then inside out, how the enemy attacks and also um, God is catching all of that to restore us and to renew us. So I want to read this and I want to pray for our brothers and sisters and people that are seeking who are going through a different spectrum of um, all of this and navigating and understanding what's really happening and to look within mm. through Christ um, or mm. that he is doing. Okay. Because it seems it's, it's look up and look up to Christ is really the return um, call to return to God. But I think there is a maturity of understanding the perspective of God that is really important here so that we remember why we exist, why we follow Christ and what our true calling is. It is not to be anything in prestigious in life, but our calling is to Christ and around and within that everything else makes sense our legacy our place in this world so consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds all spectrums because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything, meaning without cracks. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And why it's so important that James talks about seeking God and the wisdom of God is because our way back is found through Christ. And I think that's the thing. It's not always linear in the way that we find um, our way back. Rerouting should not be done apart from Christ, but in trusting Christ, I believe that um, God will restore people back and that people will be put on mission to restore people back. Because, you know, I'll say this, like some people will hear a message like this in the rebuke and will re be restored back and they will ex um, align back mm -hmm. to the values of Christ, of sacred gathering, sacred mm -hmm. uh, mission, sacred life, right? But for some, you literally have to go and um, be mm -hmm. invite people back. And I... I pray that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will manage through all of these, you know, this excavation and, you know, cause the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. So we pray for the workers that you raise up workers, Lord, to, um, align people back to you, to invite people back to you, because I think there are some who have been led astray by wolves and there's some who have been disconnected and feel farther than, um, what what lies in front of them. And whatever the case might be, God, we want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you will restore and refocus your children back to refocus on the very calling, the only true calling which we find when we come to Christ is to be formed by Christ and to represent Christ. And um, we pray, Lord, that we thank you for the rescue mission of your son doing this for us and for, and I love the series that we continue on in the book of Acts. It's really about people being launched in, in this realization that there's an urgency because there's evil in the world and that there's an urgency. And that's why the fellowship of the believers exists because there's an urgency for people's souls and lives because Truth is, people get lost and some don't find their way. And um, so we pray, Lord, again, that people will again begin to pray and to not give up in prayer in praying for people's souls, praying for people's lives and hearts to, to um, understand who you are, your love and your perspective and your salvation, God. We pray also for um, rescue missions that have been held back because of personal reasons and whatnot. We pray for restoration of all of that. And we pray, Lord, as you've been doing and people have been delivered in this COVID, um, people have been set free and restored. Um, and you might not hear of these stories, but there are pockets of these things mm -hmm. happening. And I could attest to that. We pray, Lord, that um, demonic and folly of foolishness, Lord, of all sort of shame. Lord, we pray that these schemes and assignments of the evil will be broken in the name of Jesus and that the people of God would be refocused and be relaunched into the true calling to be formed by Christ, 
to exhibit the values of Christ in the valley as well as the hills and to become the river that runs through it, God. So we pray, Lord, for repentance. We pray for restoration. We thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you're working so um, fervently and around us. You're always working. So, Lord, may we be replenished and, re and re-nourished, Lord, by doing the will of God. And um, so we pray for this, Lord, and um, there will be a realignment, God. And we thank you that you're doing this thing, and we mm -hmm. want to see it and perceive it, God. So we thank you, and um, we trust in you. And help us, Lord, to be faithful to this task until our exit out of this place, Lord, um, until you call us home. Because, um, Lord, there's so many, Lord, that need you. So many, God. So when we lose perspective, help us to remember um, your heart once again for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So we thank you, Lord, for the promise of your gospel and your work in us and around us and around us, Lord. And we thank you. We seal this conversation, Lord, and we pray that it will produce lots of good fruit and eliminate bad fruit, Lord, and everything and the residue that it that lingers of the enemy. So we pray for all of that, your work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for closing us in that prayer and for this conversation, Pastor Lydia. I'm very... Okay. And yeah, thank you. I'm I'm so I'm super, you know, I feel really alive now and um I I honestly really hope to hear, you know, a lot of like victories and about people, you know, being restored. Um, even though we might not see it all the time, but you know, I think those are always very encouraging and I'm excited for what God is doing for Okay. And you know what, I would actually say this, and I think we rarely say this, and honestly, I forget by the time we have the conversation, but, you know, if this podcast blesses you, um, share it with your friends and family. Yeah. That's one way you can do the mission to, when something blesses you, it is really a test, um, like a testament to the fact that God is working and God is speaking. Right. Share that light with others. So you know, um, share it on, you know, text, share it personally with people so that yeah. others hear and find perspective as well. And if this podcast blesses you, please leave a review because I think it always helps those that are seeking to know what it is about and how it's impacted others. So, right on. yes. Yeah. And then and you can find our podcast on all the podcast platforms and leave a review thank you so much um yeah and uh, until next time past lydia thank you so much and uh we'll talk again soon thank you joe bye bye, -bye.
bow your heads. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Good afternoon, everybody. We just want to thank you guys for joining us for our Sunday service this afternoon. Before we finish, we have some community news for everyone, and we're going to start off with tithes and offering. As a reminder, you can always tithe through Venmo at Church 180, through our website, 180church.tv, using PayPal, or you can tithe through Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram at 180brg, as well as on Tumblr at 180brg. And here we post just a chapter of the Bible every day and a verse of the Bible on the Instagram account so that we can continue to have God's Word present at all times in our lives because we don't live on bread alone, but we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our next announcement is about the Prayer Text Hotline, which you can find at 539-7-PRAYER or online at prayer at 180church.tv. Again, with everything that's going on in the world, sometimes we need a little bit of help. And the prayer text hotline is there so that we can lift up our requests, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, our friends, and our family to God. And so that we're not praying about these things alone, but we're praying for them in the context of community. Our next announcement is about small groups. And even though we're socially distancing from one another, it's still so important for us to continue to meet so that we can spur one another on, not just in faith in Christ, but spur one another on and encourage each other through the difficulties and the trials that are going on in life. No matter what stage of life you're in, we have a group that would be great for you. And right now, all of our groups are meeting online. So no matter where you are in the city or even in the country, we have a group that would be perfect for you. Our adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30, our young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30, and our college group, 180 Fellowship, meets on Fridays at 7.30. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. But finally, we want to invite you to all our social media outlets. Clearly, we are social media savvy from all the lists that you see here, from Facebook to YouTube to podcasts. And I just want to encourage you guys to actually follow along because there's so much rich resources that could actually bless you. From insightful articles uh, through Dr. Sammy that he has written, um, especially from Christianity Today, uh, to insightful, thoughtful discussions on the podcast with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu. In addition to this, uh, we, have, we have a new addition, which is our SoundCloud. And it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you, and to be blessed by Him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. Those are all of our announcements for this Sunday. We want to thank you guys once again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.